This episode of the Queen's Memory Podcast has been produced in English. If you'd like to listen in Bangla, you can find that version in our podcast feed. A episode ta ingrichi te bana noheche. Jodi apni bangla shunte chan, amader podcast feed e paben. You're listening to season three of the Queen's Memory Podcast. My name is Jiefei Yuan, and I'm the Queen's Memory Curator. In this season, our major minor voices, we feature stories from our neighbors of Asian descent in Queens, New York. Too often, these voices are deemed minor, as in of a minority. But in our borough, these voices are a major force. One in four borough residents identifies as Asian American. The stories they tell reflect their ongoing struggles and triumphs. There are our stories, a vital part of who we are, and together they represent a snapshot of our ever-changing neighborhoods as they are now. This is Heidi Shen. I am Stella Koo. I'm Melody Tao. Stands in Chokin. Hi, I'm Shonda Khalid. I'm Trisha McCurdy, and I'm in Ozone Park. This is where the story begins. In this episode, our producer Trisha Mukherjee brings us the story of Nazneen Shimon, a poet and teacher in Queens, New York. We'll learn more about Nazneen's childhood as well as her life's work reaffirming the importance of language for Bengalis in Queens and around the world. Let's listen. <laughs> এবং করানারে বন্ধ দরজায় হাত পা ছুঁড়ে মারে ভীষণ ভঙ্গিতে ভাসিয়ে চারপাশ অমঘ সঙ্গীতে ছোঁয়ে কস্তুরি নিমেষে চলে যায় Coming from a Bangladeshi culture or Bengali culture, children have many nicknames. So I have like about 20 names. <laughs> um, and just as she has many names, she wears many hats. Nazneen is a poet, a translator, a teacher, a resident of Queens, and a proud immigrant from Bangladesh. And like many Bengalis, she believes Bangla is a very special language. And Bengali is the not only the sweetest language, Bengali is the seventh most spoken language in the world. And listening to her poetry, you can see why. When Nazneen closes her eyes, I still feel the dew on the grass. And I love to, you know, step my feet on it in the, you know, winter when I used to go to learn Arabic in the mosque. She can imagine her childhood growing up in the calm and quiet of Chittagong in Bangladesh. The smell of tea in the tea stall outside, right? The different snacks they make, the street foods, the sounds of like people calling in the morning, you know, selling stuff. Everything is, you know, very dearest. 
Nazneen grew up in a family that cherished Bengali culture. As far as I can recall, I have been always proud to be a Bangladeshi. I'm very proud of my culture and history. Her father was a freedom fighter. He was involved in Bangladesh's struggle for independence against Pakistan, which was sparked after Pakistan tried to decree Urdu the national language of the land. Bengalis refused to accept the erasure of their language. As patriots, Nazneen's family celebrated all the national holidays, including one very special one, Ekushe February, International Mother Language Day. This is the only language where the independence started from a language movement. Ekushe February is celebrated in Bengali communities around the world, including in Queens. It memorializes the 1952 killings of Bangladeshi students who were protesting against Urdu becoming the national language. The students wanted to preserve their mother language, Bangla. Eventually, their martyrdom and the uprising it inspired led to the birth of a new nation, Bangladesh. Every year, Nazneen's family celebrated the legacy of the student protesters and their dedication to the Bangla language. They did this by gathering at a structure called the Shohid Minar. The Shohid Minar is a monument in Bangla-speaking communities around the world dedicated to Bangladeshi university students who were martyred in 1952 because they protested to be able to speak their language. Every year, Nazneen and her family and friends dressed in black and white and walked barefoot to the monument to pay their respects and leave flowers. Sometimes they had to go to great lengths to do this. I grew up in Chittagong, and main Shohid Minar is in Dhaka. So it was impossible for us back then to travel back and forth. What we did was we collected pieces of bricks. From evening, from 20th evening, we would make a Shohid Minar by ourselves. If you talk about architecture, probably there was no aesthetic value of it, but it resembled Shohid Minar, and that came from our heart, and we followed all the rituals. We wore black and white. We do it at 12 in the morning, right? We were up all night, we gathered flowers, and we sang the song, Amar Bhaiyer Rakte Rangano Ekushi February, by Abdul Ghaffar Chaudhuri. Standing at the Shahid Minar rings true to Nazneen even today, Ocean's Way. As of today, as I'm talking to you, anything about Bangladesh brings tears to my eyes. Nazneen carried this pride with her when she came to the United States. As a new immigrant living in Briarwood, Queens, she found life in the U.S. challenging for quite a few reasons. One of them was language. Nazneen had studied English in school, growing up in Bangladesh. 
She got exceptional grades, but certain things in the colloquial English language proved difficult to grasp. One instance that she recalls took place at the Wendy's where she worked in the kitchen soon after arriving in the U.S. Because I used to work in the kitchen, I did not have to speak a lot of English. But then one day I was in the front and uh, my manager said, let me see it. And all I'm thinking, what is Lemmy? I'm looking at the foods, right? And all these items and the utensils. I'm like, what is Lemmy? In my country, we learned British English and the accents are very different here. And then I came home. At that time, there was no internet. So I had to use the dictionary and dictionary did not give me Lemmy. <laughs> it, it tells you let, let me, but no let me. So it took me a while to understand and I still remember that day how I felt and I couldn't, I was so embarrassed that I couldn't ask anyone, what does let me mean? As the years passed, Nazneen learned the meaning of let me and many other English words. She fell in love with Queens. The open-mindedness of her neighbors, the mouth-watering food, and the cultural programs from around the world. She became a writer, and eventually an award-winning poet writing in both English and Bangla. In addition to being a poet and a translator, yes, <laughs> she has many talents, Nazneen teaches at John Adams High School in Queens. John Adams is one of the only schools that has bilingual English-Bangla programs to support English language learners. I teach Bengali literature, where we talk about not only literature, we talk about the history of Bangladesh, things we should be proud about. We celebrate all the national holidays. I don't want them to forget their roots. She gets to help students who are recent immigrants from Bangladesh Students she can relate to as she thinks back to her first months in the U.S., adjusting to new clothes and a new lifestyle and new slang words like Lemmy. Think about, you know, newly immigrant student. The support, the emotional support, the language support the student needs, we can definitely provide that student. Just talking to someone in Bengali, in your language, and know that, you know, knowing that, that someone is there, which I did not get when I came here. I had to learn the hard way. And she can keep alive the traditions that meant so much to her as a child in Bangladesh. Traditions like walking barefoot, dressed in black and white, to the Shohid Minar every year to celebrate the beautiful language we call Bangla. My students built the Shohid Minar so that I brought back my childhood memory when I used to bring Shohid Minar. We used to appreciate that day, their sacrifices of the martyrs. I wanted to instill that into my students. So all I had to do is just explained the project and I was really amazed seeing the enthusiasm in them. They built this gigantic Shohid Minar and we 
placed it in the auditorium. We wore white and uh, black, and even our colleagues, my boss, everyone, and students from other cultures, they were invited. And when we went on the stage to give flowers, we all took our shoes off. Not we as Bengali people, but the other cultures too. And as she and her students stood in front of their homemade Shohid Minar, Nazneen gave thanks for the blessing of the Bengali language and the New York City borough where it flourishes today and will continue to blossom for years in the future if we give it the love it deserves. The Shohik Minar that Nazneen and her students built is evidence of a blossoming Bengali culture here in Queens. Every year, Bengalis commemorate their history and community through a series of events. In our next segment, we'll learn about one of the biggest Bangla book fairs from journalist Hassan Firdas and travel to Jackson Heights for a midnight celebration that's all about language. In every city in Bengal, there's a yearly boy mela, or book fair. For thousands of kids and adults alike, the boy mela is one of the biggest events of the year. Communities come together to browse books, art, and organizations, hear from esteemed figures, and celebrate the Bengali language and culture. For many Bengali immigrants in New York City, the annual boy mela became a cherished memory an event they enjoyed back home, but could no longer take part in in the U.S., simply because it didn't exist nearby. But in 1991, this all changed. Thanks to a small group of people who were dedicated to the Bangla language, Queens got its very own Boimela. Journalist and UN official Hassan Fredos was one of the people who made it happen. He joined me to explain how. My name is Hassan Firdos. I'm from Bangladesh. I've been living in the U.S. for the last 35 years. Like Nazneen, Hassan grew up celebrating the Bengali language by going to Shohid Minar every single year. And so every year on 21st February, we would wake up in the morning, steal flowers from wherever we could, and then go to the graveyard to commemorate the event, 21st February. We get to walk all the way from my small uh, township to the city center. That was freedom for us. We would sing together, all kids in the neighborhood. Uh, and yeah, so it was celebration, it was music. Even in his 20s, when he spent time in Russia during the freezing cold minus 30 degree winter, his dedication never faltered. No matter where you are, no matter how far you are, you always observe 21st February. February is a very cold time in Russia. I was in a city called Kharkov in my first year. February in Kharkov is extremely cold, extremely cold, minus 30 degrees Celsius. It's snow all over. And yet on 20th February at midnight, we'd go out and barefoot, remember, barefoot, we'd place flowers. So we went all the way up to the city center and placed flowers and sang all together, even in Russia. When Hassan moved to New York, he worked in an office at the UN building. One February, he happened to look out the window and noticed something exciting. So when I was here, a small group of people in New York 
had already started a kind of a small movement to commemorate 21st February in New York, right in front of the UN headquarters. I was working for the UN. I had transferred from Dhaka to New York. So the monument that they used was just opposite my office building. And every year on 20th February at midnight, we would gather and sing songs just like we did in Dhaka or in Russia for that matter. But Ekushet February and the Shohid Minar across from the UN were not the only celebrations of Bangla language that were emerging in Queens. As more and more Bengalis immigrated to Queens, the culture flourished. Schools formed to teach Bangla language and culture to the kids. Parents would come, would wait for three, four, five, six hours to see their children read, write, learn Bengali and sing music. Hassan and other Bengalis in Queens saw it as a way to strengthen the roots of first, second, and third generation Bengali immigrants. So in a way, both the parents and children were becoming better Bengalis. Because exile, no matter how beautiful it is in terms of comfort, is when you are cut off from your roots. And when roots are cut off, what happens? The tree gradually dies. Right? And we felt that, yes, deep inside, we were dying. And this was a way for us to rejuvenate ourselves. The book fair was a big part of this. In 1991, the borough had its very first boy mela. A young man living in New York almost single-handedly launched a book fair, almost single-handedly in a small school in, in Brooklyn, a half-day event. So he had a few books, maybe 100 books, and a two-hour program in which we came, we spoke, we sang. That's it, nothing really. It was just a moment for us to remember how things are done back home. Since then, it's grown. It now emulates the Boimelas in Taka and Kolkata, the biggest in the world. So from one day, to two-day, to three-day, eventually to a whole week-long event. Then you move to a big church in Jackson Heights that could accommodate about 1,000 people. Then we moved to a school in Jackson Heights that became kind of center of our activity. 19 or 20 book publishers even come all the way from India and Bangladesh to supply books for the fair. And it takes place during the warmth of summer when Bengalis travel far and wide to attend the famous event. Not far from the school where the Boimela takes place is a public space officially called Diversity Plaza. It's a small triangle surrounded by Bengali restaurants, pan cellars, and driving schools. Each name is written in both English and Bangla. I took the 7 train to this plaza one freezing February night to follow in the footsteps of Nazneen, Hassan, and many other Bengalis before and after them. You might be able to guess which day it was. Ekushe February, International Mother Language Day. At midnight, the square was full of people bundled in hats, gloves, and puffy winter coats. People had constructed a stand-in Shohid Minar. 
flowers were heaped at its base. Colorful cutouts of Bangla letters hung from the structure. Three green and red Bangladeshi flags fluttered in the winter wind. But despite the cold midnight air, the mood was ecstatic. It was finally our day to celebrate our greatest inheritance, our language. Because I have learned this language from my mother. So that's why this is my mother tongue, my mother language. That's the reason I like this language, Bangla. International Language Day, uh, 21st February. You know, since uh, 1952, 21st February, in our, our country in Bangladesh, we are fight for our language. In the world, only one country, this is the Bangladesh, they fight for their language. That's why now, 21st February, whole world and United Nations, they declared International Language Day. Why, you, why I laugh? This is my heart. I'm Bengali. My mother lives in Bangladesh. So I love as like my mom, as like my heart, as like my life. For my language, we sacrifice all the time our life. For Queen's Memory Podcast, I'm Trisha McCurgy. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more stories from our Queen's neighbors. The Queen's Memory Podcast is a production of the Queen's Memory Project. For full transcripts, show notes from this episode, and past seasons, visit queensmemory.org forward slash podcast. This episode was produced by Trisha Mukherjee in conjunction with Melody Tao, Anna Williams, and Natalie Milbrooked. Voiceover work by Nazneen Shiman and Saul Choudhury. This podcast has been made possible in part by the National Endowment for the Humanities, Democracy Demands Wisdom. The views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this episode are those of its creators and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of National Endowment for the Humanities, Queen's Public Library, the City University of New York, or their employees. I'm Jie Fei Yuan. Listen with us next time on Queen's Memory.